0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD Farrakh. See, everything in our
1: Adamic sin nature chafes at this notion of faith. Because what faith says and is, is the substance of things hoped for, the, here's the word, evidence of that which is not yet seen. So, I don't see it, but by faith I believe it.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor JD Farag of Calvary Chapel, Katiahohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through a special message called Faith Over Fear. Do you struggle with the concept of faith? Well, fear not because you're not alone. Faith goes against our very nature. In fact, Pastor J.D. reminds us today that fear and faith cannot coexist. So how do we move beyond our fear into a life of faith? By the Word of God. It's only through Christ that we can have hope. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 1, as he continues his message, Faith Over Fear.
1: I've been commanded to not be fearful. God has not given me a spirit of fear. So now I've got a problem because the command is to not be full of fear, but rather be full of faith. Are you with me so far? Now, in verse 20, When the angel of the Lord says to Joseph, do not be afraid, it is a command to instead of being afraid, which he was, to instead not be afraid or full of fear, but to be full of faith, to take Mary by faith. Yeah, but (laughs) this has never happened before. I know. That's why it's called faith and not sight. Right? See, everything in our Adamic sin nature chafes at this notion of faith, because what faith says and is, is the substance of things hoped for, The here's the word, evidence of that which is not yet seen. So, I don't see it. But by faith, I believe it. That's what faith is. Uh, Spoiler alert, at the rapture, we no longer have any need for faith, because we'll have sight. That's deeply profound, right? So we don't need faith, because now we have sight. So this whole faith thing is temporary, until we're with Him. And when we see Him, oh, So, let's talk just a little bit about how fearful Joseph had become, and what was it, and how is it that he could go from being so full of fear to being so full of faith that he would, out of obedience to God, pleasing to God, do all that God had commanded him to do. Despite, I mean, if you really think about it, a virgin birth of the Savior of the world. And make no mistake about it, and again, the Holy Spirit is careful to inspire Matthew to record this one detail about Joseph that we know about him, that he was a man, a righteous man, who observed and kept the law. He knew. He knew, if He knew the law, He knew the prophecies in the Old Covenant. He knew about the Messiah. He knew this, because He knew the Word of God, the law of God. That makes it even more incredible to me, because now He's he's probably thinking, wow, imagine the virgin birth of the Savior of the world. I know, right Joseph? And it's going to be you, me. How is he going to transition to this man of faith and leaving behind this man of fear, being so afraid? I believe it's because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He heard the Word which gave him the faith and the faith overcame the fear. Joseph's faith in that which was not seen was the thing he needed to overcome his fear of that which was seen. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Faith is the substance of things not seen. And he needed that faith in what was not seen to overcome the fear of what was seen. And is that not how fear comes? By what we see. You're looking at your circumstances in your life. And I think you would agree that coming into the new year we're in very uncharted territory. (laughs) The uncertainty, the fear, the stress of everything that's happening. You talked about this a little bit in the update. Talked a little bit about Jacob, the account when his sons come to him and they've left Simeon there in Egypt. And now they don't know it's Joseph, but they've been sent back to prove they're not spies. They have to bring Benjamin. And now they got to break this to their dad. And when they do, Jacob is like, (laughs) Joseph, as far as he's concerned, has long been dead. That's what he thinks. And now Simeon is gone, and now you want Benjamin? And then he says, everything is against me. And if he only knew what was just around the corner, because then when they come back, and it's recorded in Genesis 45, and they say to him, Dad, they didn't say it like that, but <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Joseph is alive. Joseph, a type of Christ. Jesus is alive. And we're told, here's the, here's the detail again. Joseph, his heart stopped. I mean, it's just like we would say it, skipped the beat. He, his heart stopped because he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it until, watch this, he heard the word and saw the provisions. That's the faith. And then he traveled and he saw Joseph who's alive. He's risen from the dead because I thought he was dead for so long. No, he's he's alive, or greater than Joseph. Jesus is alive. If fear comes by sight and faith, the antithesis, comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, then it would stand to reason that if I would hear and heed the Word of God and then have that faith, I can overcome any fear. I could use me some of that. I mean, I'm just like you in a lot of respects. What's coming down the pike, man? Everything is against us, (laughs) but God, but God. Romans 8, if God is for me, who can be against me? No one. We were in Isaiah Thursday night, very well known passage, no weapon forged against you will prosper. Oh, you can try to create and forge all these bioweapons, I better be careful. <laughs> but it will not prosper or prevail. God's going to have the final word. I suppose, as I bring it in for a close, that the takeaway is simply this. Yeah, this has never happened before. <laughs> We've never been this way before. We're going to have to have faith like never before, but the truth of the matter is we have absolutely nothing to be afraid of, because God is for us. Yeah, it was hard, but you know, God provided everything. What, God's not going to provide for Joseph and Mary? Uh, Every need was provided oh, by the way, again, I'm going to, I've already ruined Christmas. I might as well just, I'm on a roll. So, you know, when the wise men came, that was not when he was born. Uh, He was a child by then. And they were guided by the star and they brought him gold, frankincense and myrrh. That's another sermon for another time. By the way, all three of those gifts in abundance. And by the way, (laughs) you might as well. There weren't just three. I don't know where we got we three kings from Orient are. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says that. These were kings that brought them an abundance of gold. Oh, they're going to need that. They were set for life with that gold. The frankincense, the myrrh, this was medicinal. It was everything they needed was provided for them. And God's not going to provide for us? Yeah, but it's getting really bad. What, God's surprised? Could you imagine if God were surprised? What's the new order and restriction now city and county is imposing? When did this happen? Gabriel, Michael, get over here! When, what's going on? No! I love what the proverb says. He guides the kings and like the water goes down the stream, like it flows down. the. It's like, we're like, God, did did you hear what? I'm the one who guided them to do everything's going perfectly according to my plan. How about when Joseph is told, you better get to Egypt, because, you know, Herod's going to try to kill this newborn king. Well, we, uh, I haven't got my paycheck yet. That's okay. I've got enough gold to set set you for life. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, but there's no, the the restrictions, we can't get into the inn because we're not, never mind, that's uh, too far, I know, but you get the point. I don't have my QR code. I can't get in to the To the end, is that better? That's a little better, right? No, I got it all taken care of. I got it all taken care of. Have faith. You have nothing to fear. God's going to take care of you. I want to take it a step further. And this is where we get back to Joseph and Mary being just real people like us. I want you to think this through with me. Joseph was saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And so was Mary. (gasps) Bless me. Mary and Joseph were saved by grace as sinners through faith. It was the gift of God, not of works. You would think of all people, they would get a pass. I mean, after all, They parented the Savior, and Mary, bless her heart, gave birth to the Savior of the world. You would think that, you know, they're in. No, there's no way to the Father except through Him. They were saved by grace. You know what the last words, and well, I know I said I was going to close. I'll really close this time with this, but think about this. The last words Mary ever spoke that are recorded in Scripture, it was at the first miracle Jesus ever performed that's recorded in Scripture. When He turns the water to wine at this wedding, that's interesting in and of itself. You know what the last recorded words of Mary were? This is my son, listen to him and do what he says. Oh, that's going to mess up a few religions that I know of. This is Mary, mother of Jesus. Oh, you know, I, I mean, again, no disrespect, but I hear my heart on this. Mary was a sinner, just like us. Mary was saved by grace, just like us, through faith, just like us. And that's the good news, the gospel. What's the gospel? That's what the word gospel means. Your debt has been paid. Good news, you're free to go. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The first four verses of 1st Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul describes the gospel as Jesus coming, being crucified, buried for three days, rising again from the dead, And when he writes to the Thessalonians, his first letter, by the way, to the Thessalonian church, he says this of the gospel. It's the first time he writes about the gospel, that it's Jesus came, he was crucified, buried, rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again one day, soon and very soon in the rapture of the church. Oh, I have to say this, this is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said to the disciples, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you, because in my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions, and if it were not so, I would not have told you, that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm coming back for you. That's the good news. I'm coming back. He was speaking as a bridegroom to his bride. I'm going to go build a room addition, a bridal chamber for us to consummate our marriage and I'm going to go prepare that place, and I'm going to come back and take you to that place that I prepared for you. That's the gospel. That's the rapture. That's the good news. Well, in order to have good news, don't you need to have bad news? Yes. Don't you hate it when people say, I have bad news and I have good news. Which one do you want to hear first? I usually just say, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want to hear any bad news. Just give me the good news. Well, the bad news is, is that we're all sinners. And this is the A in the childlike simple explanation of salvation with the ABCs of salvation. It's this acknowledging and admitting, I've sinned, because unless and until I acknowledge that I've sinned, I have no need for or any interest in the Savior. And Romans 3 says to any who would say, well, I'm a good person. Well, you may very well be a good person, but you will never be good enough. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. You might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all, keyword all, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why Jesus said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now Romans 6.23 gives the bad news first, and then the good news. What's the bad news? The bad news is the wages of sin is death. In other words, all have sinned, and that sin carries with it a penalty, and it's the death penalty. And the good news is, is that Jesus paid your penalty in your stead, paid my penalty in my stead, and He paid in full for our sin and paid the price so that He could give us the gift, the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know I say this every week. I hope you don't tire me saying it, but especially this time of year, when you get a gift, what do you do with it? I'm not talking about re-gifting. My worst fear is that we're going to re-gift something to someone who gave it to us in the first place. That would be horrible. So when you get a gift, what do you do? You accept it. You don't pay for it, because if you pay for it, it's not a gift. It's a purchase. No, he, he paid for it. He paid the purchase price. We are purchased, we are not our own. We are purchased with a price, and it cost him everything. It cost him his life. And then he pays in full for this gift, and he gives us this gift, and he offers us this gift for the accepting. And it's the gift of eternal life. And that's the good news. Here's the B, very simple. In fact, truth be made known, it's simpler than A, B, C. It's actually as simple as B. Just believe. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I wonder at what point Joseph and Mary believed that Jesus was Lord and Savior. I wonder at what point. I think Mary was first. <laughs> I think Joseph, maybe it came later, because he was acting by faith out of obedience initially. I wonder if it was when Jesus was twelve. Remember the account when he went to the temple. I don't know how it happened, but they they leave Jerusalem without him, and they think they lost him, and they're trying to go back and find. How do you look? We're in deep kimchi now. We've lost the Savior of the world. So much for our parenting. And where is he? He's in the temple, as the fulfillment of the prophecy. I wonder if Joseph, if that if that sealed the deal for Joseph. It's kind of like, oh man, you're the Savior. You're my Savior. I believe. I believe. And then the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10 as well. It says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved and lastly Romans 10:13 and I know we do this every week please would you hear this verse through different ears because I know you hear it all the time I want you to listen to this because it says all which means all who call upon the name of the Lord, will, will be saved. Is that simple? Is that too simple? It's childlike simple. Jesus said, unless you become like this little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's childlike simple. I implore you today, and I make no assumptions of anyone in this church service today or watching online if you've never called upon the Lord, man, I, I got to tell you, and I, <laughs> I, I'm pleading with you, with everything that's happening in the world and, and prophecy that's being fulfilled. I don't know why anyone would put off the most important decision of their life for eternal life. Yes, count the cost. But this is the most important decision you will ever make in your life, for eternal life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the account of the birth of the Savior of the world. Oh, loving Heavenly Father, you you love us so much that you sent your only begotten Son to die for us. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish in hell for all eternity, but have everlasting life. Oh, Lord, how could we ever thank you enough for the gift of eternal life that you paid for? Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Jesus.
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. The Christmas season is something that most people look forward to. The pretty lights, the music, the ability to more publicly proclaim Jesus as Lord. It's an opportunity to connect with others in a way that the rest of the year just doesn't allow. There are work parties and neighborhood get-togethers that don't happen other times of the year. So what is your goal or your motivation this Christmas season and how you speak of Jesus? Is he just thrown in there with all the rest of the presents and busyness? Look for opportunities to present Jesus as the greatest present. It's a gift that doesn't get old, doesn't get taken away, and lasts forever. If you'd like to hear this message again, head over to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, you can access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. There are many topics covered that might be of interest to you. Again, our website is com. If you're interested in listening to these messages on the go, search for In Spirit and Truth in the iTunes Store. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Find links to those on our website. Once again, that's Calvary Chapel Kaneohe.com. We're nearing the end of our time with you today, but we're glad you listened in. Join us next time as Pastor JD will teach through God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.
1: Truth. i